Welcome to the Geek Teak Podcast, where I'm a little rough around the edges, but guys, all the games came out this week. I'm Void, and I'm here with my co-host, Beige. All of them. Like, everything did. So all much. Of them. I apologize for my voice. I'm getting over something, but it's on the mend, so I think I'm okay. Um, We're going to power through anyway, but tonight we're talking about all of these games that just came out. Like, a lot of things came out in the last week. Kind of unexpected how many games there were, but before we do that, we actually have, like, an official sponsor for once. So, BJ, you're equipped to tell us about this, correct? Yes, we have an official sponsor this week. This episode of the geek to geek podcast is brought to you by the Nerdberg Review. It's a new podcast from brother and sister team of gamers. They cover PC, console, and mobile gaming. Uh, Todd used to create... uh, the popular podcast and webcomic Gadget Hovel, if you've ever heard of that, which ran for about a decade. Um, and he's doing this with his little sister, Alinzia, and they get together weekly to really talk about whatever they've been playing. And just like us, you get to listen in. Uh, they have been longtime friends of Geek2Geek, uh, so we could not be happier to have them sponsor the show. Uh, if you like what we do, you will really like what they do. So we have a link in the show notes so that you can find them and that is Todd and Alinzia doing the Nerdberg review. Uh thank you guys so very much and hopefully you guys will check them out. And this week they're talking about Link's Awakening. So if you have it or even if you don't on Switch, you can go listen to that and they have other episodes in the feed as well. That's amazing. Thank you guys so much for sponsoring the podcast. You are incredible. And we are also going to talk about Link's Awakening right now. We have other things to talk about, too, but that's as good a place to start as any, right? Yes, just and I haven't even played it. So I'm really curious on what you think about it, because I've seen a bunch on Twitter. I've seen a lot online, but my I I didn't know I ordered it. First of all, (laughs) I had forgotten that I'd ordered it because I'd actually decided not to. And it turns out that I pre-ordered the Dreamer edition and it got back ordered and delayed. So I got an email this afternoon that it's been finally shipped. So I haven't been able to try it yet i didn't think i was going to but apparently i am so i want to know how it is now it's it's pretty good like i don't have a ton of in-depth thoughts on it just because i've never really played this one before i think i talked about this on a different episode this is like it's a game that i played probably the first like 15 or 20 minutes of like 50 times on the game boy and i never really got far in it so it's good on switch because i've gotten farther than i ever have even though it's not super far yet um the art style is like the biggest difference because it's like totally they say that the whole game is remastered and there are like a couple quality of life improvements but really the main change is the art style so right it's like this chibi plastic tilt shift look which is interesting like it's fine it doesn't really bother me at all which i know other people were kind of turned off by it and some people just absolutely love it i'm Right. totally in the middle there like it's it's fine like it's neutral it's not fantastic and it's not horrible it just it is what they went with um but it's definitely a simpler zelda game that i'm used to yes it is and i remember going back i mean link's awakening is one of my favorite zelda games like it is absolutely one of my favorites from growing up and even going back and playing on the game boy as an adult it's super fun for me so this one i'm really excited to get into uh, but it is definitely simple simpler uh because it was on the game boy and i didn't know how they were going to do that with the new one like if because they were really trying to to hold on to some of that magic that the other one had yeah and it's still simple but it's like they did a bunch of quality of life improvements around like the controls and you can assign things to more buttons like you know some of the limitations and the simpleness came from the fact that the game boy had two buttons and you know a d-pad and that was it basically yeah exactly so it's better on that front um, you know, you can use like the shoulder buttons, the trigger, stuff like that. But it's still fairly straightforward and simple. It doesn't mean it's easy. Like it's kind of convoluted in that way that some Game Boy games from the early 90s were, where yeah. it's not very well explained or like telegraphed or shown where you should go next or what you should do next. So that on balance with like when you're actually in a puzzle or when you're like in a dungeon or fighting an enemy, that part is fairly simple. So I think this might actually end up being a really good game for kids like as an onboarding Mm -hmm. zelda because it's not overwhelming in the way that a lot of the modern ones are um i like it i'm gonna keep playing it and i'm kind of hoping to beat it but i don't see it being like on my games of the year list i guess it's kind of where i'm coming down on it if they hold true to the other one and i haven't looked anything up about this if they hold true to the other one it should be a shorter zelda game 
where you bounced off the first one because of a lot of reasons, and one of them being that it was uh, convoluted and that it had screen-by-screen navigation where nothing was continual and you had to go from one tiny screen to another tiny screen. And that kind of created a length to it where it uh, it had those transitions and uh, still like took a little bit longer because of that. But with this one being continual, it shouldn't be a terribly long Zelda. I expect probably 10 to 12 hours, maybe. I don't even know how long it usually takes people to get through Zelda, but this is going to be on the shorter side. I think this one is definitely going to be probably, if with a remake, maybe about the same length as uh, Link to the Past, but I expect it to kind of be shorter than that. Yeah, and like I said, it it's definitely simple, but that's not a bad thing necessarily. So I'm going to keep digging into it and play more of it, and I will report back later. And I'm really excited about the graphic style, except for one thing. I've seen lots of that blur around the edges, and that was like that in Octopath Traveler, and it really started to bug me. The and I don't, I, I'm worried about this. Yeah. Well, is that what it is? What, yeah. where it's blurred? Yeah, it's a tilt shift. It's like a blur, but it's applied in a very specific way that makes it tilt right. shift. But that's, that's the look that they're going for. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not a huge fan of it in motion. I like it on still, but when I see it in motion, I, I'm afraid it's going to give me a headache. Well, you'll have to see once you get yep. it, I suppose. Um, I will. But yeah, I mean, I'm, it's a it's a solid game so far. I will report back in later weeks, I promise. Um, another game that came out this week, though, was Untitled Goose Game, which just got its like release date within the last month or so. Like, It's very new to know that it was coming right. out this week, and it is a super fun game. Have you played this game yet? No, I keep seeing people talk about it, and I actually chose Sayonara Wild Hearts as my game that I bought that came out this week, and I didn't play a Goose Game yet, and I really need to. So it, it I'm going to. I see it, I'm going to love this game so much, and I just have not done it yet. Yeah, I mean, it's super fun, especially with other people in the room. Like, I was playing it with my kids, and I would say even more so with kids this game is amazing because the people who aren't actually controlling the goose are just commenting and like laughing and just loving everything that you're doing and yeah it was like my kids and i were passing around the controller and all of us were having fun watching and playing and you know i usually don't have a lot of fun just watching a game so that speaks yeah. volumes to me um but you are essentially just a goose and you get to be a jerk to people and you get to mess with them. That's the entire game. And you're given like mini objectives and stuff. Um, it's not always clear how to do them or what they mean exactly. But one very near the beginning is just called a rake in the lake. So like you have to get the rake into the lake and steal it from the gardener and get it away from him. And it's it's stuff like that, right? Like steal his stuff and throw it in the lake because you're a goose and you're a jerk. Yep. And it's perfect. It's perfect for that. It's just, it's so funny. And I feel like I've seen a lot of people talking about it, but I have to throw in my two cents that I love this game. It's fantastic for what it's trying to do. And I don't know how long it is. Like, I assume it's not a terribly long game. I've seen Rose talking about on her stream going through like speed run challenges and things like that. So I assume there's extras that you can do, but I assume the actual main game isn't terribly long. No, a lot of it is figuring out like how you're going to approach a situation and what you're going to do because... I saw a speed run, I think it was like five minutes or something. Like if you really just know exactly what to do and you can execute it perfectly, the game is short. But my kids and I probably played it for like five hours altogether. I think we're probably right near the end of the game. But even if you're just on your own, you casually like understand puzzles and like video game logic, you'll probably beat it in like four to seven hours, somewhere in that range. Okay, that's ridiculous. That that's ridiculous to be able to boil down to five minutes. Well, I mean, it's figuring out how to do it the first time or figuring out like what the different objectives mean because it's not always clear. But once you have right. it once and you figure it out, it's like, okay, I know how to do this because part of it, and I started thinking about this game, like what else do I compare it to? Surprisingly, it's a lot like Hitman. So if you like <laughs> Untitled Goose Game and you have not looked at the most recent Hitman games, you deserve it like you owe it to yourself to go back and look at those games because the same core loop is there where there's a bunch of ai and they are running on these like independent loops and they're just going about their task and they'll do it without you interfering but as soon as you interfere different things happen 
that is very similar between Untitled Goose Game and Hitman. Like, you're just messing with AI in their loops and having fun with it. So if you like one of those games, you will probably like the other. And as soon as I thought of that, I was like, yes, that's a perfect, perfect way to say it. If you're a fan of Hitman, you should get Untitled Goose Game. If you like Untitled Goose Game and you're not a kid, you should probably go get Hitman, honestly. Yeah, that's actually very, very astute. I hadn't even thought about it. But yeah, that's exactly how you play Hitman. It is. It's super fun. The other thing that I can't let go unsaid is that this game has a dedicated honk button, and I love it for that. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good to have a dedicated honk button. Like, it's, I, I don't know, like, when you don't know what to do, or you're stuck, or you're just frustrated, you can just honk, and you just, it's just a goose honk, and it's just, it's perfect. It's perfect. That's brilliant, and it's weird that that is what I want to do in the game more than anything, is just walk around honking and seeing how things interact with me. Yeah, we had a lot of fun with that game. Um, So those were like the two games I actually spent money on. And then I played like 60 other games this week also because Apple Arcade came out. And uh, it's a free trial. Of course, I'm going to try it because I like to try all the new game things that are interesting. And if you give me a set of like 60 games, they said there's going to be 100 by the end of fall. But right now there's like 55, 60, something like that. So I played all of them. Like all, all of, them. of them yeah like that when you said that you were gonna you were gonna try all of them i took it as a oh you're gonna try a lot of them i didn't realize that you were going to content locust this to the point where it makes your gamefly subscriptions look look like you are spending as much time as you possibly could with each other like you're going on long dinner dates with your gamefly games as opposed to what you did for apple arcade like this is nuts you did this in three days well and i actually beat three of the games already like completely start (laughs) to finish and yeah so it's probably worth talking about apple arcade and how it's different from other mobile gaming one thing that i'm noticing is that you can beat these games like not all of them they're not all set up that way some of them are infinite games but I think without having to worry about the business model the way that other mobile games do, the games don't feel bad like giving you a complete experience, which is very different from other mobile games out there. Well, I mean, the other thing is like just that predatory business model that most mobile games have to go after. It's not there in these games just by their nature. Like you pay $5 a month to get a subscription and you just play them for as long as you want. There's no in-app purchases. There's no ads. There's like nothing else, right? There's no other prompting for money. You already paid a subscription. You just get all of them. And I didn't realize that there was going to be a free trial of this. I thought that I was going to have to pay $5, but I wanted to give it a shot. And when I saw that it was free, it was like, well, of course I'm going to try these. They they launched with a lot of games that I was really interested in. And as I've played through them, this is worth $5 a month. If you play a lot of mobile games, there are some definite really high quality games here that are worth five dollars a month just to be able to play and like you said to beat i don't know if any of them any of the infinite games are the kind that would keep me for a long time but there are definitely games on here that if you don't have a console if you just like mobile gaming more especially now that you can hook up a controller to your phone like you can pair an xbox one or playstation 4 controller to your phone and actually use it as a as a as a controller and use the phone as a monitor set up it's it's definitely worth five dollars a month and i didn't think that i was going to approve of apple arcade like i did but i really do yeah i didn't know either i mean after playing through all the games that i played this is 100 percent worth the five dollars a month and then also this means that my kids will ask me for less games that have ads and that have predatory business models and all the other things that are on the app store right now if i can just tell them here you have arcade play all of these games they're all whatever you want to do just play um that is awesome because it gives them a lot of like quality games and I don't have to worry about ads and paying for stuff as much. So it's kind of like a win for me, but also a huge win just as a parent. And I hadn't even thought about that. I don't know. That that was something that's never popped into my mind. Obviously, I don't have kids, but just that those predatory gotcha business models and just how how everything is just so inundated with them on the app store. And I never even it never even crossed my mind that this is going to be great for parents to not even have to worry about anything like that. 
Well, and another thing that's worth calling out is that most of these games, you can play them offline and it's no problem, which I know right. a lot of my friends who are in, it depends on your city. It depends on your commute. It depends on a lot of things um, with the way that like your day-to-day life is set up. But people I know that are in New York or people in like uh, other cities with trains, I'm trying to think like Chicago, you know, places that are like bigger commuter cities, um, you end up in areas where like you lose your connection. So there's just certain games you can't play when you're on your commute and in Apple Arcade, it seems like the only games that are requiring online are multiplayer games, which totally makes sense. But that means there's lots and lots of games on there that you can play and not have to worry about an internet connection. Oh, I didn't even think about it not being like DRM'd. Like I'm so used to things like Steam or Xbox or anything like that, just checking for a connection no matter what. I didn't even, I mean, I'm just always connected anyway. I don't turn my my data or Wi-Fi off, so never even... Never even thought about it. That'll be great. I'm going to Mexico next week. So it's going to be really great to be able to do that because I've got international data, but it's very, very limited. So I'm going to actually be able to play some of these games without thinking about it just as I have downtime. Yeah, go download all of those single player Apple Arcade games. Just get all of them. You can try them while you're away. Yep. And I've tried a lot of them. I haven't done all of them like you, but I went through a good dozen dozen and a half of them and uh found some some hits and some stinkers yeah yeah there are both of those things in there so a a couple other high level things before we get into like the game by game i think one of the things that i came away with is that there's a lot of games in here that are very stylistic or they're beautiful they're kind of i don't know they they, but they lack gameplay they lack interesting gameplay right Mm. and it's the kind of game where I can completely see why they got that like prestige Apple funding because they look like they're from an Apple commercial. Do you know you know the yeah. kind of games I'm talking about, right? That I Apple do. always I know. showcases in their like they're not games that most of us typically go after or think of as like, oh, I'm super excited for whatever, but it looks pretty or it's doing something that's like stylistic. So Apple will support them and put them front and center. And it's something unique generally that you don't see on mobile very often that you'll see these games that like those, like those prestige games, I guess, that have a very particular graphic style that will stand out even if the gameplay is nothing special. And yeah, there are definitely some of those. Yeah, there are there are a handful of those. Um, there's a bunch of those. But one of the other things I noticed is that I think I dislike puzzle games more than I realized. It has to be like a really, really good puzzle game to hold my attention, mm. which I kind of knew. But having suddenly given me like 60 games, it made it very clear that a puzzle game has to be like above and beyond for me to really get into it. Um, so... I don't have a ton of puzzle games in these lists I'm going to talk about, but if you are a puzzle game fan, there's a lot there for you. Don't worry about that. And then the other thing that I came to realize was that I like, so I've talked about I like choose-your-own-adventure games. I like those, like, modern choose-your-own-adventure kind of kind of like interactive novel type of experiences. But right. what I don't like, and I only realize this because there were so many games like this in there for me to try, is I don't like games that give you like one big decision and then it's a lot of just reading because at that point it's like you might as well be a book you're not really that interactive I like those interactive experiences those like interactive novels or choose your own adventure where you're constantly making like micro decisions just every couple sentences like those are my favorite right like the game 80 days that's always been one of my favorite ones and there's a game in here called over the Alps, into the Alps, something like that. I'll talk about it. I think it's over the Alps. I, that's yeah. one I haven't tried, but I've heard good things about. But that one I really, really like. And there's a bunch of other games that I can tell are like high quality if you're into the kind of visual novel where it's just like read, 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 read. And then every once in a while you make a decision. There's a lot of games like that in here for you. I just don't think I'm a huge fan of that particular type of game. And I don't, I don't like the, I've never been a visual novel person. I've, I don't really like 80 Days. I've played it. And I didn't get through it. It was one where it's very interesting. I like the way that it's set up, but that doesn't grab me. So the ones, I haven't run into any of the ones like you're talking about. I haven't tried it. So I'm not sure if I like Over the Alps, but I want to try it. Yeah. So that being said, okay, let's start getting into some of the games. Um, I have a whole list of like honorable mentions that are games that did not stay on my phone or my iPad, but I there was something interesting, even though I ultimately rejected them. Is there anything on this list that you tried that you want to call out before I like just work my way through it? On your honorable mentions? Yeah. Well, I'm yes. I Pinball Wizard is one that I want to like. 
It is an excellent game, and it is not something I will ever play again. I want to. I want to like it, but you said it's for people who like both pinball and dungeon crawlers. And so the videos and everything, like that's exactly what it is. It's kind of like a uh, roguelike pinball game yeah i just i didn't like pinball enough to stick with it but if you really like pinball i bet you could love this game but what do you not like about it pinball oh okay it's yeah it's that it's too pinball it is that's exactly why i bounced off of it i wanted it to be something that it's not i wanted it to be more of a dungeon crawler with pinball elements to it but it is a pinball game with dungeon crawler elements and so that one that made it be something that i do not want to uh, sit and spend a whole lot of time with. Yeah, you have to like legitimately like pinball to like that game. Now, yeah, and Demai, I know, needs to get this game right now. Like, if you're listening to this, just go download it. You you absolutely need to to play this because it is it is great and you will love it. But for us, we're not pinball people. No. And then you tried Lego Brawls too, right? I did, and I did not think I was going to like this game. Like. I wasn't going to download it until you told me to. Like, you wanted to know what I thought about it. And so I wasn't going to download it because it looked like Super Smash Brothers with Lego. And I was like, ah, I don't don't think I'm going to like that because I don't really like Smash Brothers. But I downloaded it, and it plays weirdly, and I liked it. Like, this 2D battle arena kind of control the the point yeah i called it a 2d competitive multiplayer side scrolling area control game i think that's the best summary i can give of it yeah and that's weird it's fun though like part of it is that it's really easy to get lego parts that you get these chests that have different uh abilities i guess different parts for your character that you can just make these ridiculously weird looking Lego characters that throw pies at people and ride rocket fists to knock somebody off the point. And that's really, really fun. And it's not something that I'm really going to spend, again, a great amount of time on, but I'm keeping this one on my phone that when I want to just hit stuff, I can do it. (laughs) That's fair enough. Um, Anything else on this honorable mention list? Ocean Horn. Ocean Horn 2, right? I loved Ocean Horn, the very first one. And they have Ocean Horn 2 on Apple Arcade. And Ocean Horn 1, I did not like on mobile. Like, I, I really, really did not like playing it on my phone. I loved it on Steam. Like It was one of them that, that I got a controller on and just fell in love because it was a Zelda clone that did it right. It was just like playing a, a cheapo Zelda. And Oceanhorn 2 feels exactly the same way as Oceanhorn 1 to me. It is a Zelda clone that is like 3D where it's almost like, I don't know, I haven't gotten into it because it's still on the phone, but it's the 3D Zelda and where it may be Breath of the Wild style. I don't know if it, what it's going for overall. No, I think it's more it's, like, like Ocarina of Time, Twilight Princess, like that type of, you know, it is 3D Zelda. I don't think it's like open world though. Okay, so it's more like that, and it, that's exactly what it is. That is as it is the cheapo Zelda clone for that, and I cannot wait to play it on the Switch. Yeah, I, just, I don't even want to hook up a controller to see it, uh, to play it this way. I'm just going to wait. I'm going to grab it on Switch, and then I'm going to lay down on my couch, and I'm going to play through that one just like I played through the first one because I like the simple Zelda mechanics, which is weird because Zelda is simple, but they simplify them even more. I'm like, okay. I want to play this. I just, I don't think I like Zelda clones enough to get into this game. I think it's the issue I ran into. Like, as much as I like a good Zelda game, I am very picky when it comes to, like, Zelda clones. And this one's just not doing enough that's, like, new or interesting. But, yeah, I mean, with a controller and if you like Zelda clones, you could enjoy this game. And I don't usually like a lot of Zelda clones. And I fell in with Oceanhorn and just loved it. So I'm... I'm game. I don't know what it was about it, but it just clicked. Sweet. Um, okay, I'm going to burn through the rest of my honorable mentions then, and then we can get into some of the like really good stuff. Um, right. Other ones that are, again, these are ones that like I thought were interesting, so I wanted to mention, but um, ultimately didn't stick with it for one reason or another. So Tint is this really interesting like watercolor art puzzle game. I probably bounced because it was just it's a puzzle game, and it wasn't doing enough new for me. But if you like puzzle right. games or you like watercolor art, 
that one's fascinating. Um, Sinseki or Sinsekai is like this slow moving underwater Metroidvania. It's a little too slow for me, but if you like Metroidvania, mm. it's there for you. Um, Fledgling Heroes is like if you took Flappy Bird, but then you gave it actual level design and then you reskinned it with like pirate themes. It was it was that. I mean, if that's what you want, mm. it's there for you. Red Rain is this blend between like RTS and MOBA games at the same time, which was kind of fascinating. Um, and then Cricket Through the Ages, it reminds me of Quop, which is I it's don't like know funny. That one. And it's Quop, you know what I'm talking about, right? No, no, I don't know Quop at all. That game where you just like mash, you have like four buttons and they control your arms and legs and you have to try to move and like you fail. That game. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So it reminds me of that. Um, it's funny and it's worth like ten minutes of your time, but probably not a whole lot more than ten minutes of your time. And then Hot Lava is a game where, with a controller, it feels like if Mirror's Edge gameplay were like more fun and it didn't take itself <laughs> too seriously, which is a great thing. But it really, really feels like it needs a controller. Like this is one of those games that just did not work for me playing it with the touch controls. Um, yeah. So it just, it felt like it's better suited for another platform. Maybe this would just be better if I took it and played it on iPad because all these iOS arcade games are like iPad and iPhone. And I think they're going to mm-hmm. be Mac OS soon too. So oh. that one's going to be other places to play it. But on the phone, I can't recommend Hot Lava. Maybe on a different platform, just pair up a controller with it. And then uh, now, if it's going to be on Mac OS, I didn't know that. If that's the case and I could see myself keeping a subscription for it, just being able to keep it on my laptop here beside me while I'm working. I would be able to do a lot more that if it's actually coming to like the Mac app store to download, I can totally see myself hooking a controller up to my laptop and doing it. Yeah, I think the intention with all of these was that they're going to be phone, they're going to be iPad, they're going to be Mac OS, and they're going to be Apple TV all at the same time. Okay, I knew the Apple TV was coming. I wasn't sure about the Mac OS, so that that's pretty 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 sweet for me yeah um so the other one the last one on the honorable mentions here is uh various day life just because it's a square enix mobile rpg um it's not good like i wanted it to be good right it's square enix like i have to mention it but it's just not not a great game i wish they had done better is all i can say about that one it is still a square enix rpg so if you have to do everything that's like square enix or a jrpg you could give it a shot and it's done by the development team of the bravely games of octopath traveler and i it was the first one i downloaded it was specifically the reason that i downloaded apple arcade was to play various day life and i did not like it i'm hoping that it is either better on a larger screen because the the portrait mode is weird and i'm hoping that maybe that that will fix part of it with different controls uh so i'm i'm kind of of reaching because i want to like this game because i like the development team so much but various day life itself is just kind of hmm? Yeah, that's kind of how I felt. I mean, I do have a whole other list here. I kind of want to end on a high note with our top three, because I think you and I kind of had the same top three, which is convenient. Right. Yeah. Um, So I have a bunch of standout games. These are games that are still on my phone as of right now. And um, so are the other top three, but we'll end with those. So Grindstone is like Dungeon Raid. If you've ever played Dungeon Raid on a touch device before, um, it's kind of like you swipe through different you know, symbols or matching. You're essentially like matching things and finding patterns through them. Um, but this has more mechanics and it has like interesting paths through monsters with your main character and then you try to link them together. It's, it's the kind of puzzle game that I really, really like because there's enough action to it and there's enough to... I don't know. It's not frustrating. It's just fun. It's like a really, really good game. Um, Spaceland is, I haven't played a ton of it, but it's like a more mobile-friendly XCOM. So it's a good Hmm. turn-based strategy game. Uh, Speed Demons is like a top-down burnout-style game. Like you can just race super fast and destroy things around you and you can crash into stuff. And I don't know, I was having way too much fun with that. You're like a tiny car racing down the freeway, but they made it work somehow. Um, Over the Alps is the one where I said it reminds me of 80 Days. It's like a choose-your-own-adventure game um, with a lot of these micro-decisions. Every couple sentences, you get to interact with it. And it's basically like a pre-World War II. World War II is about to break out, and it's intrigue and spies as you're trying to go like over the Alps and uncover some information to help the soon-to-be-war effort, essentially. Right. Kingsley 2 is 
yeah, I don't know why I like this game. Like the the battles in it are mostly auto. There's a couple like activated skills and you have like your team and they just kind of like there's little chibi characters and they just go like ram into the other team. And it looks like there's not a whole lot to it. But there's this really fun loop of like training and battling with your team and building them up over time and leveling them and giving them new abilities. It's almost like the metagame is what's hooking me and not so much the moment to moment Mm. battles. But there's more metagame than there's battles. So that kind of works out. And I don't know why, but I'm still playing this game. This might be one of the ones that I'm playing the most out of outside of the top three. And that sounds that was one that I looked at. and I was like, oh, this looks like a weird gotcha game without gotcha. And that does not sound fun. Like it really, it, it it just seemed weird to be in Apple Arcade to me. It's maybe my biggest surprise in here because a lot of the other games either I knew nothing about or my first impression was kind of what they ended up being. This is the first, this is one of the only ones where I looked at it and I thought it was going to be junk. And I was like, oh, this game's not going to last more than a minute. And now I've right. played like hours and hours and hours of it and it hooked me. Huh. So I don't know why it's compelling, but it is. It's it's getting me. So Kings League 2, for some reason, I like that game. I can't put my finger on it, but I'm going to play more, so I'll probably talk about it again another episode. Um, and then Mini Motorways. So if you ever liked Mini Metro, because I love Mini Metro, that's a great game. This is essentially the follow-up to Mini Metro, but it's with cars instead of with subways or trains or whatever Mini Metro was. And then uh, Hexaflip, which did you check out this game after I mentioned it to you the other day? No, I didn't. I haven't played that one, and I haven't played Assemble with Care yet. I really, uh, I'm actually downloading it right now on my phone. So Hexaflip is like, it's this oddly satisfying hexagon flipping. I, I thought it was a puzzle game when I started, but it's not. It's an action game. Like, it's about timing how you flip the hexagon to get past obstacles and like to get better points because you combo them because you don't stop flipping it as you move forward. And something about like the haptic feedback in this game just makes it like it makes it so much better than it would be without it um it's just kind of like a visceral feeling action game where you're just moving a hexagon and uh, again oddly satisfying oddly compelling but i like that game a lot that sounds odd i i'm going to have to download that because i would never have expected it to be kind of an action game yeah me either um so then we kind of get to the top three which two of the top three you and i have talked about a lot so let me get assemble with care out of the way because you haven't tried that one right right i have not i knew that you are not the only person who's told me that it is one of the best games on Apple Arcade. I've seen so many people talking about just how fun it is, how how interesting it is. And it was one that I just didn't have time to download when I was doing everything else this weekend. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a really, really good story game that's about fixing things. And it gives you this like tactile interaction with objects. And the main character is a repair woman. And it's kind of her visit to this town because she's a traveling repair woman and all of the things she fixes and the people that she meets while she's in this town. And it doesn't overstay its welcome either. It's like 13 levels and then it's done. So oh. it, it's one of the games that I've beat, right? And it's it's stuff like you'll have to take something apart. So you have to like get out the screwdriver and then like take out each screw individually and then you pop the side off of something and then you look inside and you have to kind of diagnose like what's not working with the mechanism and then take parts out or replace the parts and it's never overly complicated like you don't feel like you need a diagram or that you need like an engineering degree it's all objects that are like fairly simple right they're not having you do like crazy integrated circuits or something like that right um but like can you fix a walkman or can you fix like Uh, One of the tougher ones towards the end of the game is like a music box, stuff like that, you know, where it's maybe it's not like modern generation electronics, but it's like right before that and Mm. all the way back to like kind of, I guess, music boxes have been around for a long time. But you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. That sounds really fun. I say that with a question mark because I know that that it doesn't sound like the kind of thing that that's just like, oh, I got to play that. But I know that I'll like it. Like, I know that I'm going to fall into that, especially with an end point, that this is not being an infinite game. I thought it was one of those kind of endless, uh, there are thousands of levels for you to mess around with kind of games. No, no, it's definitely, it's telling a story and you are interacting with objects along the way. And like I said, it does not overstay its welcome. Like, it was great. I did it in two sessions, I think. But if I had planned better, I could have just sat down and done it in one session. No problem. Hmm. That's that sounds awesome. That makes me want to play it even more. Yeah. So one of the games that you and I both beat this week, right? You beat Sayonara 
I did, okay. except I didn't do it on Apple Arcade. Right, which surprises I'd... me. So it's, it, the game is Sayonara Wild Hearts is the full game title. But yep. I didn't know that you, like, you went out and bought this, even though it was free already because you had Apple Arcade. I didn't know it was on Apple Arcade when I got it. Like, I would not actually got grabbed Apple Arcade at this point. I was sitting on my couch, and I was look, just scrolling through Twitter before I went to bed. Jennifer and I were watching just some random thing on TV. Like, she was napping. I was just messing around. And I came across a video of somebody playing Sayonara Wild Hearts on the Switch. And it looked amazing that they were just talking about it and what it was and it uh and the way that they described it was a pop concept album that's a video game and i was like okay that sounds interesting like it's a music game and so i'm like a concept album all right and then i go look at it and i watch the video on switch on the nintendo eShop, and i'm like I'll pay I'll pay like the 12 bucks or whatever this is. It was I had I had some uh some gold points that I could use and I sat and I just fell in love. I beat it in two sessions because I was about to go to bed. It's very easily done in one. Uh there's even a mode that after you beat it you get uh all of the individual levels put together as one long level so that there's no breaks in between and it is one of the most beautiful games I've seen, and I'm really glad I got it on the Switch because on the TV it is gorgeous. Yeah, it's it's really good. Like I, I started this game on my phone. I actually played the entire game on my phone, but I started the game okay. with touch controls, and they were all right. Like you can definitely play it that way if you want to, but I highly suggest pairing a controller. And one of the things that you mentioned earlier that maybe we didn't call out explicitly is that with the iOS 13 update, which you have to have to get Apple Arcade, um, you can now pair PS4 and Xbox One controllers with your phone or your iPad, which is incredible. So that's how I played this game. I played this game on my phone and I don't even have like a phone stand because I never anticipated using it this way. So I like right. leaned my phone up against various objects in my house trying to find something that would double as a phone stand as I was playing this on my PS4 controller. And it was amazing. Like just pop in headphones and what you said, it's like a pop art electronica concept album, right? It's almost like EDM, electronic, like trance. It really, it honestly, it reminds me of if you took like Res and Audio Surf and you mashed mm. them together, but then turned it into this like rhythm action game that actually has concrete style instead of being abstract, right? Because yeah. as you're playing through the game, you go through all of these different modes of. It's mostly transportation. You're usually moving because there's typically movement, but like there's a whole tarot theme to it. So there are mm -hmm. points where you're like going down a warp tunnel, riding a tarot card, but then there's other points where you're riding a motorcycle and then you might flip over and be like riding on an elk for a while. And then you become something like you're morphing and I don't even know how to describe it, right? It's kind of that like trippy electronica trance putting you into this like mind space where you're okay with constantly evolving visuals that's what this game is except you have control over the character while you're playing it and you're like fighting people like there are actual sword fights involved in this and you're on a motorcycle or the elk and shooting giant winged skulls that are flying at you or taking on like a three-headed wolf tank and it never seems any more absurd than anything else that it no. all fits with that same kind of style and aesthetic that they've set up because this is it feel it's very dreamy and it's uh just odd and I love it. I can't recommend this game enough that if you want it on Apple Arcade, if you want it on Switch, it might be on PS4 or some of those as well. This game is a huge surprise to me, but it's it's just awesome. It might take 45 minutes to 90 minutes to get through, depending on how good you are. And it's incredibly forgiving as well, because it's so fast paced. It's broken up into these mini segments that if you make a mistake, you're immediately thrown back in just seconds before where you were uh, so that you can keep doing the whole arcade movement 
rhythm thing. Yeah, and it's not just a visualizer because you do have to interact with it. Like if you mess up, it will reset you because there are certain things you have to do to make it through a level, but it yep. never feels insurmountable. There was only one point where I lost at the same spot in the sequence over and over, even though it only jumps me back five or 10 seconds. Like you, you never lose very much progress in this, mm -hmm. which is fantastic. That's how it should be. Um, there was one point where like I kept hitting the same thing by accident because I think I was just tired or something. Right. Um, and it even asked you like, Hey, do you want to skip this little bit? And if you do it, I'm assuming it'll only jump you ahead to the next section. Like it's not going to cut you out of a ton of the content. It'll just like let you get past the part that you're stuck on, which is also really nice to have that option. Yeah. I never did it. So I don't know. I actually told it to stop asking me because it was one of those, it's one of those things that I love as a feature for the people who need it. And it, because like in the, uh, I think it was new super Mario brothers, U uh, deluxe that they put on the switch. It does that. If you die in the same place over and over again, or die during a level over and over again, it just asks you if you want to go ahead and skip it. And so it kind of annoys me when it breaks my rhythm of being frustrated trying to figure something out. And so I was like, don't ever ask me this again. I'm going to figure out how to get through this game. And uh, But I don't know. I'm assuming it skips just to that next micro section. Yeah, I'm guessing. But the other thing is, like, this game was just, it's an amazing game. Um, I highly recommend playing it with a controller. Like, probably, you don't have to play it on your phone the way I did now that uh, that update is out for iPads also. I would have gone and played this on my iPad, but I was enjoying the game so much that I wanted to finish it right then. And Apple Arcade wasn't out on the iPad yet that day that I was playing it. So like that's why I was looking for a makeshift phone stand because I just wanted to beat this game because it was so interesting. But one of the other things about Sayonara Wild Hearts that was so cool to see is they have the Nintendo philosophy from Mario games where you do an interesting mechanic, you teach the player, you iterate on it a little bit, and then you throw it away and you never come back to it. Like, you don't have to have a mechanic overstay its welcome once you've discovered it. There are so right. many things in this game where, honestly, I kind of wish they had done a little more because they're... But you get into this mindset where it's okay because they're they're constantly introducing new things to you and they show you something interesting. You're like, oh, that's cool. And then they jump you onto the next thing. So... It's just new experience after new experience after new experience, and you never get into a rut, and it makes for such a compelling game all the way through, start to finish. And when you're doing that, and they have these mechanics that you really like, you can go back and replay those levels once you've beaten it and try to get a higher score, do better. There are different ranks that then unlock other parts of the game, which I haven't done yet. But like some of my favorite ones were uh, at one point, it splits and the one of the cool mechanics is that you're going between basically different dimensions while you're riding down the road and it does it in super slow at first and then speeds up and it's beautiful and it's one of my favorite mechanics in the entire game and I just go back and replay that because I want to get very very good at uh, predicting how the uh, the like world shift is going to be. Yeah, I mean, what I want to do is I want to go back and play that arcade mode that got unlocked after you beat the game because it yeah. doesn't interrupt you between different songs. It's just like a seamless all the way through. That's how I want to play this game next. I want to go through and play like 90 minutes start to finish or 60 or whatever it ends up being and just like experience it without interruption of levels in the gamified part. You know, I just want it yeah. to like go through without stopping. Absolutely. Like I haven't finished it. I started it and being able to go through it nonstop is wonderful. I just didn't have time to sit down and do all of it right then. But that was my one big issue with it when I was playing it. I was like, man, I hate it that this doesn't go on right into the next level because it's very obvious that they can. And that was unlocked at the very end uh, because they wanted you to be able to have places to stop in the in the actual game at first. You know, you don't have to beat it in one sitting. Well, the story in it was very interesting for me, too, because it's abstract enough that you can read what you want to read into it. Mm -hmm. But what I took from it and based on like level titles and stuff is it's essentially somebody experiencing heartbreak with different sets of partners over time and mm -hmm. how you react to them and how they have an effect on you and what it feels like to be with them. And it was like the end of the game, that last song where all of it culminates and it calls back to all of the different things that you've experienced was yeah. probably one of my gaming moments of the year. Like it was so, so well done.
It was. It was incredibly well done. That last level where they were doing all of that made me really happy. And it also made me really frustrated because I was actually not good enough to do well on that level. And then the like playable ending where uh, I'm not going to even spoil anything for anybody, but but the very last thing is you're going through the credits and uh, and going around. I loved that part. Just it was beautiful that the way that it was uh, narrating and uh, the music, just all of it was just a great experience. Yes, so you get a double recommendation here. I think thumbs up all around from both of us on Sinar Wild Hearts. It's a really, really I- good game. Absolutely. Yep. And then the other game that I have to mention, because it's probably one of my games of the year at this point, is What the Golf. Because I I don't I, even know what to say about this. I that's the thing, is I don't think there's much we can say without ruining it. Because yeah. this game is full of spoilers because the entire game is like bit after bit after bit where they do something different and I I don't know when the last time was that I laughed this much playing a video game. And I don't know if yeah. I've ever laughed this much playing a video game. It has one of my favorite video game jokes of all time, and I'm not going to ruin it right now because this game has only been out for like less than a week. But I am going to talk about this game at the end of the year, and I will tell you which joke that is. It's not very far into the game, but I was just, I had to put my phone down because I was laughing so hard because it's like a dad joke, but they execute it flawlessly. So the the game what we should tell you about it we can give you a little bit without spoiling much it starts and it seems like it's a golf game you have a ball you touch your finger to the screen you pull back and it has like a little meter it has a little bit of aim right so you're telling it like how much power you want to go in which direction so you hit the golf ball and you get into the hole okay good job now there's second level hit the ball and hit the flag good job now there's a third level you pull back on the thing and you release and then instead of the ball going forward the club goes flying forward and then you have to have the club use its club physics to get to the flag and then it slowly spirals out of control from there like there are levels in here where you're basically controlling like a martian lander but through the lens of golf there are levels in here where you're playing entirely different video games but all through this mechanic of like pull back and aim the vector as if you're using a golf ball Mm -hmm. and it's it's just ridiculous and I don't know what else to say because so much of it is in the discovery of it. But yes. I will say that I don't see how what the like what the golf is going to be in my top five games of the year. I have no doubt about that. I don't know where it's going to be in them, but it will be on my games of the year list. And it jumped up there almost instantly because it's just it's an incredible game. And this is one of those games that I would pay for that this is worth I don't know how long it is because I haven't beaten it and I think I'm maybe uh, like 10% through it when you load up that I'd have to actually need to see but it's uh it's one of those games that I would definitely pay a premium price for this game just to have because of you're right it made me cackle it made me be like I actually at one point early on in one of the levels it was just like I was sitting there I did the thing and I didn't know what to expect and all of a sudden she's like what and Jennifer's like what are you doing I'm like I'm playing this weird golf game and it's like there's no other way to describe it like that's what you're doing you're playing this weird golf game and they bill it as a golf game for people who don't who don't like golf games because it's not like it's not a golf game it's I not mean, a it, golf game it is a golf game and it's incredibly not a golf game all at the same time it's you know it's constantly surprising it's constantly funny and it's just clever all at the same time and it it is a triumph of a game like i can't recommend this game enough if you own uh an apple device you need to play what the golf because it's so good take the take the the time upgrade to ios 13 download uh what the golf get your free month of apple arcade and do it for what the golf the rest of these are really good too you know that we've had a good time playing these and that we can recommend them but this one in particular is worth taking the time for and i didn't even know that it was a game until i was downloading it. i think you're the one who actually told me you were like i didn't think i was gonna like this game but you got to play this and i started it and immediately was like this is the most mobile game of any of these like it plays like a mobile game but it's not if that makes any it, sense. It might be the greatest mobile game ever made. And I'm it, I'm not being hyperbolic. I'm just like, I'm thinking through all of the mobile games that I've played because some of them are 
good for being on mobile. Some of them are good games, then they've been adapted to mobile and they're okay, but you know, it's like, oh, this would be better with a controller. Like Sayonara Wild Hearts, right? Really, really good game, much, much better with a controller. There are very few mobile games that feel like they were done with mobile in mind and that if you went to a different platform, they would be a lesser experience. Um, What the Golf is one of those. And yep. it feels like you should be playing this game on mobile. It's And it's it's just so well done that, yeah, yeah, it might be one of the best mobile games ever made. And I could see it on iPad being even better. But the thing about this one is that it's tactile. Like, that's really what it is. Like, as you're you're doing the dragging and the moving, like the way the physics work and the way the physics feel, mobile really works. The touch controls are what make it. I would not think this game would nearly would stick nearly as well with me if it were on a console like ps4 it would work on switch you put the switch in uh, portrait mode and you play it like that but uh, with a joy con or with a joystick uh dual shock or anything like that analog stick i don't think it would feel the same and have the same effect yeah so there you go guys a lot of games came out this week like a lot of games <laughs> so we talked about them uh there's probably no time for geekery today but we will say that if you want to help support us you can always go to patreon.com slash geek to geekcast you guys can send us questions we're starting to collect questions for our q a episode which will be in a few weeks here not too long these days um and then around the network this week as always there's geektitude the the last week i think they talked about dark crystal age of resistance which was mm. interesting uh tea time with katie and chelsea they were talking about game shows this last week troidal is streaming usually thursday mornings capsule j streams on tuesdays from 8 to 11 p.m eastern and sometimes randomly throughout the rest of the week and then you can go to the geekery and read about dragon or austin's dragon quest quest or 13th story whatever they've been up to lately um and you can subscribe to all those things at geekgeekmedia.com slash subscribe but with that said that's probably it for this week you guys can write us with comments suggestions or feedback our email address is geek2geekcast at gmail.com or reach us on twitter at geek2geekcast we also have longer discussion threads on our subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash geek2geekcast and we also have great discussions on slack and discord go to geek2geekmedia.com for invite links so that you can hang out with us and while you're there just go ahead and check out all the other content on the network I blog at agreenmushroom.com, and you can find me at grnmushroom. That's green mushroom without the E's on Twitter. I'm on Twitter as at Professor Beej. That's Beej with two E's, and you can listen to me even more on the Dragon Quest FM podcast. We've been Void and Beej with your Geek Geek podcast. That'll do it for this week. See you next week, geeks. Honk, honk, button. Hey Geeks, this is Capsule J. I'm a streamer on the Geek2Geek Media Network. If you like discovering new games and chatting with cool nerdy folks, be sure to check out my channel on Twitch. You can find it at twitch.tv slash CapsuleJ. That's C-A-P-S-U-L-E-J-A-Y. I stream a blend of indies, retro games, and RPGs most Tuesday nights from 8pm to 11pm Eastern, and occasionally on Thursdays and weekends. Hope to see you then! Hi! My name is Joe Hogan, and I'm a geek. And if you're currently listening to this, there's a good chance you're a geek, too. So check out my podcast, Geektitude. Each week, I talk with somebody about their geek aptitude. Sometimes I talk to people in a geeky profession. Sometimes it's someone doing something really cool with their geekiness. Often it's another geeky podcaster. But it's always someone who wants to share their inner geek. So join me each week as we come together to geek out about all the geeky stuff we love. And remember, this week, keep it geek. Hello friends, this is Troidal Power inviting you to join me over on Twitch most weeknights sometime after dinner. Video games have always been a social hobby for me, with friends and family crammed together on a couch chatting away while someone holds the controller. And thanks to the power of the internet, I've got my own virtual couch over on Twitch where you can kick back and goof off while I play games. Find me on Twitch by searching Troidal Power, that's T-R-O-Y-T-L-E Power, to snag a spot on the couch. Hello, I'm Katie. And I'm Chelsea. And together we are Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, a podcast all about pop culture. We talk about books, movies, music, basically anything we want at this point. Yes, we obsess about K-pop. And Keanu Reeves. And sometimes Katie cries on the podcast. Hey! 
That's rude. But really, we are just here to talk about all the things that we love. So make sure to head over to teatimewithkc.com and geek2geekmedia.com to check us out. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to our show wherever you download your podcasts. Bye! Bye.